Hey y'all, welcome back to the Live, Ride, Learn podcast. Last episode, we talked about stories, the stories that we tell ourselves. And I ended the podcast and promised you that I would talk about truth. And so I have been mulling over this uh, with the holidays and the way it fell. To be honest, I didn't even know what day of the week it was. I cannot believe it's been almost two weeks since I published that podcast. Oops. So anyway, Happy New Year. Um, so excited to share this podcast with you today. But to be honest, it's a little heavier than normal and a little deeper. Um, so I will count- counter this episode with a really fun episode coming up. I promise. Um, so but today let's dive in and it will start out heavier and then it will get better. I promise. Okay, so I wanted to start it with a story because this whole thing, my whole deal is about stories, right? And how we learn from stories. And so the first, it's kind of a two part. So over 10 years ago, uh, just background information on me. If you haven't learned already, I work with horses and I had this horse named Gideon from maybe like ninth grade until out of college and I was married and we'd been married a few years and he was in the horse world. We call it a heart horse. It's the horse that is like your soulmate. He was my Gideon and uh, I just, I loved him so much and we had, he had been through high school and college and getting married and he had moved to three states with me he we a whole bunch of other crazy stuff which is why I'm writing a book about it so you'll have to stay tuned for that but um, we had just been through a lot together and I have to say God used that horse to teach me so much and he um, he had some issues and so he was about 15 years old and he had what's called navicular where his feet, uh, it's hard to explain, His there was a bone in his feet that actually the vet described it, it was like cottage cheese. It had holes all in it and so it caused lameness and soreness in his feet and uh, so at this point when he was around 15, I had retired him and he was living in a field. He was what we call pasture sound, where he was happy to be in a field, but riding was a little too much other than an occasional, I love you, Gideon, pleasure ride. But we weren't, you know, working or competing or anything at this point. And so he was still the love of my life, even though I had another horse that I owned and was training and Um, I was working at other barns and stuff. Gideon was my boy. And so he was living in this field. And um, I had brought him up and ridden him because one of my friends came to visit. And it was such a great ride. I still remember the joy I felt sitting on his back. And just he, he was special. And, you know, he he behaved different than any other horse when I rode him and he lifted his tail up because he was so proud to have me on his back. And seeing that reminded me how proud I was to have him. And it was such a joyful ride. And I remember turning him out that day and thinking, I'm going to start riding you more because this is just special. You know, no other horse gives me this joy. And I turned him out that day. And the next time I went to catch him about four or five days later, he had a really cloudy 
eye. Like their eyes are supposed to be clear and most horses have brown eyes. Gideon had brown eyes. Um, and his was very cloudy. And so we called out the vet and he tended to get ulcers in his eye about once a year. And so I just thought, okay, this is way bigger than a normal ulcer, but it's just an ulcer. You know, it's going to be fine. I'll put some medicine in it. No big deal. And the vet came out and it was a vet that I had used for years and I trust her and she's a really great vet. And she looked in his eye and she said, Sarah, he has moon blindness. And I was like, what's that? I've never had to deal with moon blindness before. And she said, moon blindness is where um, his vision is going to come and go. And some days he'll be totally fine. He'll be able to see. And some days he'll be blind. He won't be able to see anything. And so um, the long and short of it, she finished right before she left. She said, you have a decision to make. And (laughs) I was like... Okay, just in case you don't know, when a vet says you have a decision to make, what they mean is you need to decide if you're going to put your horse to sleep. And um, I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter by nature. And Gideon and I had been through some crazy stuff. Like he had broken his leg. He had been stolen. We had been through crazy stuff. And he had nearly died on me many times. And so we were fighters together. That was our spirit. And so when she said that, I almost laughed in her face. I was like, you don't know who we are. (laughs) We're fighters. We're not like, that's not even an option. Let me know when the specialist is coming to town because she had mentioned that an eye specialist was coming to town. And, you know, that would be an option to have a specialist look. And she said, you know, he could probably be be like live with this but he would need medicine every day of his life and as I said he's retired at this point I don't own my own property I I keep my horses I do what's called boarding where you pay other people to take care of your horse when you don't have your own property and so um medicine in his eye every day was not feasible I mean he was 15 and a horse should live to about 30 so 15 years of him just living by the barn, just to get medicine in his eye every day. So, um, and he also, side note, is a little crazy. I love my horse Gideon. He was crazy. He had, I would always say he had a screw loose and he was totally fine until that loose screw popped out. And then he was a nut and you, like, there was no Gideon in the building. He just kind of went nuts and I just had to eject and wash my hands of our ride for the day because he just was kind of crazy. He had been abused before I got him was what I was told. So, and that's kind of how he behaved. Like once he panicked, there was no point in pushing or trying to train through it or ride through it. I just got off um, and we were done. And so anyway, she had said this and she had said, you need to make a decision. And I had basically laughed in her face and was like, no, you don't know who we are. Um, Let me know when the specialist is coming. And I went home and I really was not even that concerned just because I had been through so much with him and 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 we had fought and survived through all of it and you know I did I God taught me to lean on him a lot through Gideon and so you know every time something bad happened like that was the first thing I did was I would pray well 
It's probably like the fifth thing I did. I probably called a bunch of people first to vent and then I would pray. But at this point I had learned to just pray because there's no point in calling people and venting. God is the God who created Gideon and if he can fix it, that's who I want to talk to, not some human that's going to just like add to my stress. And so I prayed over it and I heard God whisper to my heart, oh, y'all can't even say it. Um, I heard him whisper, you don't need him anymore. I do. It's time to give him to me. And I just was like, what? (laughs) Like we've been through all this and, and you say it's time for me to give him to you. And, but you know what I've learned is obedience is way easier than fighting the God of the universe. And so um, I thought about it and it was, you know, God is sovereign and God is in it. And, and so we, so I, I met with the vet. She met me in a little conference room one morning before she started work. And we talked about it. And I realized that God really had said this to me and it really was time to say goodbye to Gideon. And y'all, it was not easy. (laughs) It's still not easy. And it's been a decade. But it was the right thing to do. And from that, uh, I, for one, I had always imagined that I would just be a mess. Like he was my best friend. And I imagined, ooh, dang it. I had imagined that I would um, be a mess. And I wasn't, you know, like when I left the barn, I cried. But when I was with him, It was such a beautiful thing to be able to celebrate us and have a couple weeks to say goodbye. So moving on, before I become a blubbering mess during the podcast, um, a couple weeks, well, during that process, there had been a horse abandoned in the same field that Gideon lived. And he was not much of a looker. And he used a cribber, which is like the horse equivalent of a person that smokes. He sat on the, um, what they do is they bite something and it like, it enables them to expand their windpipe and they suck in air. It's the most annoying habit ever. And when they suck in air, it does this little shot of adrenaline or something or endorphins or something into their brain. And so it's kind of like a smoker with nicotine, right? Like they always want to, you always want to smoke if you're addicted to cigarettes. And so Silas, this horse was addicted to cribbing. It's the most annoying habit and they destroy your fences. But I have said I would never have a cribber and he cribbed so much that he didn't eat. And so he was in this huge field full of grass. They gave hay, like every horse in the field was fat and happy except for this horse who was skinny because he starved himself on the fence. And so he had been abandoned by his owner and you know, once Gideon was gone, I had been showing and doing a lot of stuff. And I had this horse shipped up from Florida that I was really considering buying. And the whole time I just kept having this like niggling in the back of my head that was like the horse in the field, the horse in the field, look at the horse in the field. And I had joked about it with my friend who, um, it's her barn. And, and we had said like, oh, I should just take that horse. But he was, he was not cute. I mean, he was a sack of bones that sat on the fence and cribbed all day. Whereas I had this fancy horse shipped up from Florida that I was looking at. 
but I just didn't have a good feeling about the horse. And so I finally, finally was like the, the day before I was going to have that fancy horse vetted before I bought it. Um, I did, I was like, let me just try that horse in the field. And so we brought him up and I got on him and I just knew in my gut, he was the one, he was my next step. And his name is Silas, as I mentioned earlier, and I have now had Silas for 10 years. And this is the thing. Right after I got Silas, we started having babies. He has been the perfect horse for me in this phase of life. He is not needy. (laughs) He could care less if I pay attention to him or not. Although he finally, after 10 years, has started to really like me. Um... But he's just been the perfect horse for me. And I see him as a gift from God. And it's a gift that I would not have gotten if I hadn't listened to God through Gideon. And it's there's just so much more that goes into it. But looking at it and just seeing God's goodness through that, through that thing that I thought would break me, but instead God used that situation to show me how good he is. And so... um. Fast forward 10 years, we're in the middle of COVID. Um, Silas, while a gift from God, hasn't been perfect. He's got back issues and stuff that I'm always working. I have to keep him fit and stuff. And around March, he started acting weird. And I had the vet out. She thought he had broken his neck. Like, no joke, y'all. My horse possibly had a broken neck. And... I just remember standing in the aisle of the barn, like, trying not to freak out and thinking, what am I going to do? And then I remembered what I'm going to do is trust God because he's in it and he's got his hands on it. And you know what? If this is the end of me and Silas, God is good. And so it was not the end of Silas. We are still working together. Uh, Rode him yesterday. He's such a doll. I love him to pieces. So um, all of this whole story is because one of the most important lessons I learned in a couple years ago is really diving. I was diving into um, the armor of God. And so y'all, this was a very spiritually based lesson. Um, I am a Christian and I believe God's word and in the armor of God, I was doing a Bible study on it. And in the Bible study, we learned so much about the belt of truth. And so when you're putting on the armor of God, it's before you get to the passage in the Bible, there's this that talks about the actual armor. There's a few verses that talks about our enemy is basically Satan. Like that's, that's who is attacking us. It's not other humans. It's not you know, it's not the sickness, it's, it's, it's Satan in everything trying to get to us. And so you've got to put on your armor every day. And the belt of truth to me was the one thing that I learned to truly cling to. Because when you're in this spot where you start to spiral, right? Like when I was in the hall of the barn and the vet had just said, I think his neck is broken. And in that moment, I, human nature, want to spiral. I want to panic. I want to think, how much is this going to cost? Do I just need to put him down now? 
um, if, if I have to put him down or if I have to retire him, how am I going to afford another horse? Like all this stuff spiraling, right? And oh, P.S. He is my friend. Like he's like my, I trust him with my life when I ride him every day, right? Like he, that's what makes, I think, horses a more, a deeper relationship than a dog. I love my dogs, but you ride that horse and you're putting your life in the, in their hands or their hoofs when you ride them. And so, um, and so we have this deep level of trust. And so just to like be done with it is a lot. And, and so in that panic, I, I have to say, like, if you're not a Christian and you don't have a deep walk with God, I don't understand how people make it through life. I mean, that is just my honest, I, I don't get it because in that moment, the only thing I could rely on is truth. And so that truth for me that I relied on right then was um, in Romans eight twenty eight from the Bible. It talks about how God is good. Like no matter what the situation, no matter how bad the situation is, God will use that situation for good if you love him and you are following his calling. And so I'm like, I love God. I am following his calling. He will use it for good. And that does not mean that money is going to start falling from the sky, right? It does not mean that I'm going to have this fancy, amazing show horse show up or that Silas is going to be 100% better. But what it does mean is that God can take this crappy situation and turn it into something amazing. And so um, this whole thing and all these stories is just to encourage you that when you're in those moments where you want to spiral, where you don't know what is going on or how you're going to take your next breath or how you're going to do whatever you're in that spiral, lean into God's truths. And if you don't have any committed to memory, um, I want to encourage you to like, you can even Google God's promises, God's truths, and find some really good ones that you can write down, keep in a bookmark, keep by your bed, put them in a note on your phone, put it on the screensaver on your phone, something so that if you don't have it memorized and committed to memory yet, you have it available. So when you go to spiral, you can go to those truths and lean on that and trust that God is good in all of it. So I will share with you a couple other of my truths that I really love to lean on. And so one of them is from James 1. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I love that one because it reminds me to consider it joy when we're going through stuff, because I think life is basically one trial after the other. <laughs> um, and so you know, consider it joy when you're going through the trial. Even when the trial is something as simple as the kids won't go to bed and I need them to go to bed, right? Because we're in that situation sometimes. So, um, and and to count it as joy because it's going to produce perseverance, which is something we all need. And then another one, and this is just as much... Um, a reminder of controlling our thoughts as it is a promise. But uh, I forgot to write down the reference on this, <laughs> but I promise it's in the Bible. Um, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. I just had to give you a dramatic pause to let that sink in. (laughs) It didn't say whatever's hard, whatever stinks, whatever's scary, whatever is annoying you, whatever is not right to think on those things. That is not what it says to think on. It says to think on whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that is what we think on. And then it goes on to say, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So the things that we learn through our Bible studies, through studying God's word, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. There is your promise. You think on those things, you put things into practice and the God of peace, isn't that something we all need (laughs) coming out of 2020? I think even for like, we were fine. You know, we we're in kind of a, a bubble where we live. My husband still has work. Like we've been fine. But even in a place where it's been fine, it's unsettling. And and my heart breaks for people who haven't been fine through 2020, right? Who've struggled with the sickness, who have had family die from it, who've lost jobs, who have, I like, my heart breaks for that. But I love that God promises that the God of peace will be with you. Like a peace that surpasses all understanding. So anyway, that's today's heavy, deep, and I hope really heavy, I mean, (laughs) really helpful podcast that no matter what you're going through to lean into the truth, because that is where your peace will come from. And that is where you can stand strong against um, all the insecurities and fear of this world. So that's it. I'm going to sign off on today's podcast and I will bring you something more exciting and positive and not so deep next week. Um, But also, I'm going to give you a quick plug. I am starting a second podcast that is totally different. We're going to be recording our first episode today, I think, and it will be called the Author Shenanigans Podcast. And it is all about getting to know our favorite authors. I happen to be friends with some incredible authors who write books that you cannot put down. Like, I will read until 4 a.m. I can't stop. The books are so good. And so I thought it would be so fun to really dig into their brains and just be silly and get to know them on a deeper level for 30 minutes. And so as readers, we can really see like what makes them tick. How do they write these incredible stories for us? And each episode, we're going to do a paperback giveaway from the featured author. So every time you listen, you can get entered. I'll have in the show notes how you get entered to win the free paperback. Um, But I just thought this would be so such a cool thing for readers. I'm a an obsessive reader. I'm also, as you know, writing a couple books right now. So I'm kind of on both sides, like as an author, but also as an avid reader. I am pumped to dig in and to get to know these authors better and to bring these conversations to you. So be looking for that podcast in the next couple of weeks. And thank you so much for tuning in today.
y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I just want you to know that I really prayed and mulled over and called a friend and everything to try to decide whether or not to publish this podcast. Honestly, once I got to the middle and this story, even a decade later, is still hard for me. I still miss that horse. And so once it got raw, my presentation went really downhill. And the more I listened to it, though, the more I realized my mission has been to share about having grace for ourselves, grace for our journeys, and grace for others. And how can I be so self-critical and not have grace for myself to not share this message? So I'm having grace for myself now. I'm sharing this message with you and uh, you go have grace for yourself and realize it's not about perfection. This was not a perfect podcast presentation for me, but that's okay because I hope that you understood my goal and the message that I was trying to share. So without further ado, I wanted to mention that if you have anything that you would like to be prayed for over, like I can add you to my prayer list, please DM me on Instagram or find me on Anchor Podcasting. You can like send me a little voicemail um, or go to my website at liveridelearn.com. You can contact me through there. So anyway, whatever, reach out to me and let me know how I can be praying for you. Thanks so much for spending your time listening to this message. And if you loved it, if it empowered you, share it with a friend. Thank you. Have a great day. Have grace for yourself and grace for others.